This is the Hartwell Studio Works Sports Branding Podcast, Episode 13, Brand and Sponsorship with Ron Siever. Welcome to the Hartwell Studio Works Sports Branding Podcast. I'm John Hartwell. I am the brains and pencil behind Hartwell Studio Works. I am a sports brand designer in Atlanta, Georgia. This podcast is for front office personnel who want to harness the power of sports branding to win more fans. This is the third episode of this podcast to look at the topic of brand and sponsorship. As you and the audience know, sponsorship is one of your primary revenue streams, and you also know it's a constantly shifting environment in which changing market pressures means you need to stay one step ahead of your sponsor's needs. So I am very excited to welcome Ron Seaver to the show to talk about the latest in sports sponsorships and the role of your brand in this shifting environment. Ron got his start with the San Diego Padres and for the past 24 years has been the president of the National Sports Forum, giving him a unique perspective on revenue generation and the business of sports. Enjoy the show. It is my pleasure to welcome Ron Seaver to the podcast today. Ron, thank you so much for being here. Hey, John. Thank you so much for inviting me. So to start with, I wanted to, to start with an, kind of an overall question. From your vantage point at the National Sports Forum, uh, with a view of almost the entirety of the sports industry, what do you see as the latest developments or the, or the latest trends in sports sponsorships? Uh, well, it's a, it's a great question, John, and I'm going to uh, probably back up a second because there may be people listening to the podcast that don't know what the National Sports Forum is. Sure. So if I could just do a real quick in introduction, uh, the, the National Sports Forum is an event that's been going on since 1996. So it's currently he heading into its 24th year. And most people know of us from our annual, our one big annual gathering that we do every year in February. Uh, and we move it around the country every year, but it's uh, one of the nation's largest gathering of sports executives that are within what we call our four pillars which is marketing, ticketing, uh, ticket sales, uh, sponsorship, sales and service, and business development. Uh, so sponsorship is very, very relevant to what we do and what their gathering does. And each year, we'll bring together in excess of 150 uh, ball clubs and sports events. Uh, and these are generally, they're not amateur, they're professional. So it's the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, Major League Soccer, Minor League Baseball, Churchill Downs, UFC. I mean, it's a really neat cross-culture gathering, if you would, of all the different sports and events out there. There's even some golf involved there. And, and the purpose of that, bringing everyone together, is to share best practices, ideas, network. It's the one time where you kind of get out of your comfort zone, if you would, uh, historically. Uh, let's take the NBA. The NBA teams would all get together. They do frequently during the course of the year, and they share best practices in amongst themselves. But when they have meetings, they don't bring in Major League Baseball people or NHL people. As you might imagine, it's just NBA teams. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, I came out of the San Diego Padres organization like 100 years ago. 
And the thought that occurred, as much as I loved being together with my fellow MLB guys, I couldn't help but wonder what the NFL people were thinking of or what they're talking about or how the NHL people are taking care of their sponsors. So the forum started as kind of a somebody ought to. Somebody ought to start a meeting and bring everyone together. Uh, and for the purpose of just kind of breakthrough, you'll find yourself in a session sitting next to an NHL person across from a minor league hockey person, across from a minor league baseball person next to somebody from the Yankees. So it's that one spot each year where the, the industry comes together, uh, kind of, as we said, you know, hangs up their egos. Everyone grabs a beer. We sit down uh, and we all share best practices. What's working? What's not working? So your question about sponsorship and where it's going in the industry is very relevant to us. Uh, and along that vein, going back to our very beginning. So a lot of what I'm going to talk about during our podcast today uh, is referenced from this. But back in 1996, when we started the forum, we started a corporate and industry survey. We started a survey program where every two years, and then sometimes we do it every three, but every two years since, um, we sit down, we'll do a long in-depth interview, kind of a, a really uh, get behind the ropes, talk, talk to us here, interview with anywhere from 25 to 50 of the top corporate sponsors that are here in the United States. Uh, and these are everyone you might imagine from Anheuser-Busch to Bank of America to Ford, General Motors, Visa. I mean, you name it. They're, they're great. They're wonderful to participate with. We promise them in the very beginning when we sit down for the interviews. And each one of the interviews is conducted one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and they go for anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on how much information the corporate sponsor wants to give us. Uh, and we promise them what we call semi-anonymity. In other words, we're not going to come out here and say, well, here's what Coca-Cola had to say about the NFL. <laughs> right. You know, we feel like that's between Coca-Cola and the NFL. Mm -hmm. However, we might say to the NFL, hey, listen, we're picking up some trends here that we're hearing about that really sound a little, you, you may want to pay attention to this. And that's happened many times. We've been able to over the years, and as far as I know, we're the only people that have ever actually done this. Um, over the years, we have been able to predict trends that are happening uh, in, you know, sometimes two to four years in advance, you can start seeing the storm clouds gathering, if you would, uh, and different interests changing, and just how the whole um, uh, industry is becoming so much more sophisticated. Uh, now, before I, I get into your question, I do want to give a major shout out, uh, because we, this, as you might imagine, John, this takes hundreds of hours to do, uh, to put together, and it usually starts in August, uh, on, a, on a forum, on a survey year, it'll start in August, the summer before the forum, and the forum's in February. Uh, and the interviews are conducted by our good friends at Ohio University. Ohio University's been involved with us as our partners on this survey uh, since 2004. So after doing this by myself for the first four times, I realized, oh my God, this thing is, I mean, it just, it takes forever to do. But I will tell you this, there are people that come to me at the forum that tell me that the, the corporate survey is why they're there. Over the years, in other words, it gives such a great um, report card, as if you would, advice, strategies, that they know that if it's a corporate survey year, they're definitely coming. Uh, and it's usually one of our top attended sessions. 
Now, having explained all of that, let me get back to your question. And and your question was, you were saying, you know, really from where we are at the NSF, you know, what do we see as the latest developments in the world of sponsorship? And and I'm going to share with you now, this is mo- our most recent corporate survey, which we just delivered uh, in Frisco, Texas at the 2018 NSF. And, and I would say three things that jump out at me. One is that sponsors in general, they're getting way smarter and, and they're certainly getting more efficient with their dollars. Uh, the dawn of analytics isn't just for you know, evaluating center fielders or punt returners anymore. You know, sponsors and their agencies have aggressively adopted ways uh, to pinpoint what's moving the needle for them, what it is that, that you're, you can do for them. Instead of just shotgunning or putting up signs, uh, they're getting so much better at being able to custom craft what exactly it is that they need from you. So analytics is changing the landscape. That's one thing. Another thing is another word that we're witnessing is, generally speaking, overall, uh, there's a willingness on the part of sponsors to be more, I'll say, exploratory with their budgets. Uh, they're opting now more so than ever to venture out beyond sports. There was a time when sports got 98% of all the sponsorship dollars out there. But those days are gone, as you see all the charts that are drawn out there. And sponsors are looking, they're willing to go beyond sports into other avenues of, 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 of you know, fan entertainment, customer en- engagement. Um, such as music festivals, food festivals, uh, esports, things of that nature that you're seeing because they have the audience that they want. Uh, and then I would also say, but probably the number one trend that we're finding that's changing, evolving in sponsorship in general is what I would call the continued channel migration over to all things social and digital media related. Interesting. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, Let me then go straight to my question then about digital and particularly social media. How, how in particular has that impacted sponsorships? Has it, how has it opened new doors? How has it muddied waters? Um, I'm sure that (laughs) we could, we could go on for a couple of podcast interviews uh, about that particular subject, but uh, what do you, how has digital impacted uh, that, uh, that sponsorship element? No, I, I think that's it's, and it's very interesting because, again, one of the neat parts of having the corporate survey go all the way back to 1996 is you can, as you might imagine, in 96, I mean, even just eight years ago, six years ago, you wouldn't have found any discussion or interest points uh, brought up by the sponsors in regards to anything social or digital media involved. They wouldn't be in the top 10 of what it is that they're looking for. Uh, One of the questions that we asked, John, in the corporate survey is we give them a rundown, 15 different components. It could be anywhere from player participation uh, to ticketing to signage, uh, et cetera, uh, logo rights. Here's 15 components we want you, sponsor, to tell us what you want to see in your package. Which Let me take tickets. Is it extremely important to you? Is it important to you or is it not important to you? And we will do this with all 25. Some years we lately we've been doing the corporate survey with what we call our top 25. In the early years, we would do the nifty 50. Uh, which was, as you might imagine, it just became an overwhelming task to, to schedule interviews with 50 people. But sure, you still yeah. get the same gist with the top 25. It's still a very quality run, rundown of 25 people. So going back even six years ago, 
looking at trends and what they're looking for, as you might imagine, uh, for the first, from 96 on, you could say the number one thing that every sponsor wanted to see in their package was television. They all want to see, you know, we want this, radio's good, this is good, this is good. But, hey, look, we really want television. We want television. We want television. But starting with the corporate survey in, in 2015, TV started to fall out of favor as a sponsor favorite. That year, it went from number one to number six. And in the most recent survey that we presented in February, it's actually now dropped down to number 10. So in taking its place has been both social and digital media. In fact, social media was their number one most desired component in your package in the 2015 survey with digital media finishing number two. Ironically enough, this last time around, the same two are right there again. The only difference was the order was flipped. So digital media was number one, and social media, by that I mean such things as Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, that was number two. So you can now see where sponsors are saying, you know, as, as we counsel the people who attend the corporate survey, you know, before you ever hit that send button or you print out that proposal, take it back in. Have you really packaged in the components that the sponsors really want to see? So, you know, social media has got to be it. Um, now, if I if I could kind of diverge a little bit here, John, mm-hmm. in talking sure, sure. about social and digital. Sure. Staying in the same division, you know, vein is, of course, you know, evolving, discussing evolving trends in sponsorship and certainly staying in the same avenue is what we're talking social and digital. There's one trend to keep an eye on that I would like to have your listeners pay attention to where the sponsors are concerned. And that is they're continuing their growing interest in sponsoring your athletes. Right. Even even if and when they choose to stop sponsoring you. And you're going to start to see this and, and be, be, you know, forewarned and engaged about it. And in fact, if you're smart, figure out ways that you can fold your athletes into it. Now, he, here's why. You know, look at the fascination that our audience has, not necessarily with you, but with your athlete. It's not your logo that they're in love with. It's, you know, I mean, to a certain extent it is, yes, of course. But it's also the athletes that are wearing your logo as as evidenced by their massive following on such vehicles as as Twitter. Let's take, for example, LeBron James, the Mm -hmm. King James himself, right? You know, and I was just checking on this again last night in advance. He has, you know, LeBron James has over 41 million followers on Twitter. 41 million followers. Now, put that in perspective to the NBA league office itself, the Twitter feed that represents the entire league, all 30 teams. The NBA Twitter has just 27 million. Mm -hmm. So LeBron has, you know, going on maybe almost close to twice as many followers as the league itself does. So you're crazy if you don't think your, your sponsors are paying attention to that. So if you are on the side where you are selling your rights, um, you need to package that in, into your programs. That, that development of the athlete as the premier component, as something that can be uh, packaged, as you said, that, that's, an, that's an amazing development uh, to me, I think, but not surprising given the impact of, of social media. Um, let me ask, just take a step back for a moment and, and define terms when we talk about social media and we talk about digital media, just so that we're clear on, on what we're talking about. How would you define those two uh, 
definitions, social versus digital? Well, you know, um, let's take digital um, being everything that's driven through your phone. Uh, and it could now be your watch or whatever, but it's how they're communicating to you, I would say, uh, in print uh, and their ability to reach out to you. So now uh, I want to let you know you're sitting in my game in the seventh inning. You look at your phone and up pops a message that says uh, hot dogs, only a dollar, you know, between now and the end of the game. You know, take advantage or, you know, bring bring this show, this screen grab. Uh, and get a free six pack of Coca-Cola uh, or two for one or something, you know, uh, 50 cents off your next pizza. Um, I've been seeing some great things. I just saw something yesterday that the Colts put out with Papa John's pizza. And it was an um, it was a phone trivia contest. And if you know, by answering the questions, you could win free dessert at Papa John's. I mean, what a great way to get to your market, pinpoint your market. You know, the people that are receiving that message are obviously died in the wool. They've already signed up. They've agreed to, uh, to receive messages. They're fans of the Colts, something of that nature. Uh, and it's a great way to have fun with them and communicate. And at the end of the day, drive sales uh, and tap into the fact that, you know, hey, you're fans of the Colts. We're fans of the Colts. Let's do this together. We're part of the same family. Now, that's digital. Now, on the social side of things, uh, those are the more traditional social media channels uh, that we're seeing out there. You know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, of course, is becoming increasingly popular. Uh, in fact, in the corporate survey, as I say this, I've got it next to me. Let's see if I can find it. Um, there, there's, we, we literally asked them, which is the most popular of those social media channels uh, to communicate your message. So, John, I'm going to ask you, let's just take Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Which is the most popular means that you think sponsors right now uh, would like to use uh, to communicate their message? I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say hands down Instagram. Well, you know, it is Instagram, but it's not hands down. Ah, on a score okay. of 112 to 110, uh, Instagram over Facebook. So, you know, it's uh, uh, but Instagram is the number one vehicle right now that they're looking and, and you, you know, you've seen it. I've seen it. Uh, the different, you know, platforms can fall in and out of popularity uh, as time goes by right now. Everything I, I, two years ago, you know, I have kids, you know, I have uh, youngsters. Uh, well, they're not as young anymore. But of course, you know, the youngest one lived and died on Snapchat. But I'm not hearing is I don't I just don't hear Snapchat as much as I used to. Uh, now, that's not scientific. I'm just one person's opinion. Uh, but it just seems like everything's right now seemingly migrating more towards Instagram. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That certainly makes sense. So so using your Colts example as a segue, then how. What are some other best practices that you see of properties responding to these to these to these sponsorship trends? And I guess in particular to social media and digital. What are you what are you seeing some some properties do really well? Well, if if you're doing and this is this goes back to the thing we were just talking about a second ago about athletes. One of the things that makes athletes so popular for the fans to follow is that athletes can be very personal and sometimes irreverent. Sometimes they say things they wish they weren't, you know, they could take back. Uh, and we see that only every day. Um, but <laughs> where, where teams and leagues tend to play it safe, 
They're more corporate. Game time tonight is 7.05. Starting pitcher is this guy, that guy. You know, we're playing the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, tickets are available at, you know, I, I mean, yeah, that's that's great. But where's the where's the personality? And that's something that comes out so well in social media if you let it, if you let it. And, and sometimes I think in, in corporate America, we try to, to stay right in the middle of the road because we certainly don't want to alienate anybody. We don't want to create problems. Uh, we don't want to get people upset with us, particularly our sponsors and advertisers. Uh, so, you know, we, we tend to, to be very milquetoast in what we're saying to people. Here's a picture of last night's game. Here's some fans having fun. But where's the personality? Where's that, you know, whereas somebody else can grab, you know, one of the athletes can grab, uh, be online and they can just say, hey, I'm going to be wearing this is what I'm wearing tonight. And here's why I'm wearing it. Or, hey, I'm going to go off tonight for 20 points. Just watch me, you know, type of thing. And the fans, they feel like they're, you know, they're friends. They feel like they, they get to know that person so much better than, you know, just the guy on the other side of the court or on the TV screen. So, you know, if you, if you are going to be folding it in, and, and that's the thing that sponsors are looking for. The one beautiful aspect that social and digital give us is that every sponsor can have their own unique piece of the sky, if you would. It's not going to be, hey, we're going to have the scoreboard and it's sponsored by ABC and XYZ and this company and one, two, you know, where you have seen that and by and by and by. no. Now you can have the coaches chalk talk and that's brought to you by one company and let's go inside the play of the game that's brought to you by somebody else. Uh, you know, you can do all the different elements uh, and they can all have a different identity with a different sponsor that a sponsor can get behind and you can activate that particular component outside of the game itself, you know, where they can have fun. You can win tickets beyond beyond um, Frazy Paints Kiss Cam. You know, we're going to do, uh, you know, in the third quarter, look at our site and we're going to identify. And if you are, you're going to win a year supply of Frazy paint. Uh, so, you know, you can have just some fun with that uh, and create a little bit of a personality with it. Uh, and we should be utilizing uh, because not only just during the game, but even after the season is over uh, right now, as we do this, the, this will be running in December. Uh, you know, all of a sudden spring training's not that far away. Uh, you know, there's uh, in the NFL and football world, people are going to be talking about uh, the next year's draft. You know, what are we looking for? What does my team need? What does the GM have to say? Uh, what kind of what's the trade talk going on out there? I mean, the conversation never has to end. It never ends when the game is over and the lights go down. With social and digital, we can keep the we can keep the home fires burning twelve months a year. Would one way to describe that then be that sponsors have an opportunity an opportunity to be part of the story of the team? They're not just as you say, you know, this is presented by this is presented by, but they have a chance to to be an integral part of that ongoing story and conversation with fans. And they should be. I mean, as, as a rights holder, if you are where, if you're listening to this and you're on the team side or the sports property side, uh, that's part of our challenges. How can we bring them in? How can we make them more than just a hanging billboard? How do we get McDonald's, if you would, integrated into the story? You know, so if a fan, if we catch a fan, um, you know, 
sitting in the stands with a McDonald's with, with a Big Mac uh, or, you know, we're doing T-shirts, wear your McDonald's T-shirt, you know, make them part of the game, if you would. Uh, so much endears you to the sponsor uh, to involve that and in showing how people, are, their product is being socially accepted by your fans. The better you're able to do that, uh, the more ingratiated you are going to be with the sponsor. So in this is this leads into one one of my one of my other questions, which was that it has been argued that sports teams, perhaps properties are not so much in the baseball business, the basketball basketball business or the football business, but they are in the fan experience business. And digital and social certainly helps drive that idea that it's not necessarily just about the game, but it's about the entirety of the experience. Would that be an accurate way of putting that? Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I go back to, you know, my early baseball days and, and, and quite honestly, you know, if I had walked through the hallways upstairs and asked everybody, you know, what business are we in? What business are we in? And they would tell me we're in the baseball business. We're in the baseball business. And, and quite honestly, I don't think we are. I think we're in the ticket sales business. I mean, when you talk about that and fan engagement is all part of it. It's how we sell the tickets. At the end of the day, you know, there's a lot that you and I can do, John, but we can't play the game. And and I can't tell you if we're going to win or we're not going to win. And uh, frankly, every one of us knows that winning is the greatest promotion you have out there. But what about all the teams that don't win? You know, at the end of the year, you have one winner and everybody else, I guess, technically would be a loser. Um, but, you know, it's great to win. Um, but you don't always get to control that. So we have to, as marketers, we have to, as sponsorship people, as salespeople, we have to plan on, you know, hope for the best, plan for the worst. And so a lot of the ways that we can couch that risk is by make sure that win or lose, come and have a great time, be a part of the Eagles family, be a part of the Dodgers family, be a part of the Red Sox family. Um, Win or lose. I mean, so you can always do that. So just plan on keeping the fans entertained. And it's not just at the game. You're now seeing trends going on where, you know, you can buy tickets. I think the Golden State Warriors are doing a program for $10. You can get in the building. You don't get a seat. You don't even get access to the action. You don't see the you don't even see the court. What you do do is you get to go to the clubs and be around. You can be on the concourse and you can just feel the energy of the building. And you and I might sit there and go, well, God, that, that doesn't sound like fun. Hey, it's working. The fans are engaged. They want to be where it's happening. They want to be able to use their, you know, their phones and take pictures of themselves enjoying, you know, at the stadium, at the arena, uh, having a great time. It is so much more about the experience. And we hear about that, particularly when conversations start turning to the next generation, millennials, things of that nature, where the experience is is everything. I mean, they just want to be where it's happening. So let me tie all of this together then. I mean, we've, we've really hit a lot of stuff and um, so much more that we could unpack. But let me tie all of this together and ask, with all of that said then, digital, social, part of the story, fan experience. What is the role then of the property's brand in this sports business environment? How important is a property story, messaging, the values that the property communicates to delivering fans to sponsors, uh, uh, sponsors to fans, and capitalizing on that fan experience uh, uh, imperative? 
Well, I, I think a lot of your whole personality is tied up in your brand. You know, uh, how you look is how you act and, and uh, how people perceive you in the market. Uh, I, and I think, you know, some of the best groups that I ever see with their branding are minor league teams. Uh, they can just do such a great job of just making it come alive in their community. Because after the end of the day, uh, you know, the circus, I love the circus, but it comes and it goes. You know, it's only going to be here for a week. Tonight's concert is here tonight. Then it goes. But that the ball club, they're with me, rain or shine. They're with me for the entire year, and they'll be here next year as well. So a lot of, of, of who they are and what do they mean and what do they represent, it starts with their brand. I, I mean, I think it starts with, uh, with showing how warm they are, how connected they are, how engaged they are um, with the people in their community. I, I don't know. Does that make any sense? Oh, absolutely. It's all, it's all part of a whole. It's not... You know, it's not just we're going to do radio, we're going to do TV, we're going to do print, but it's now this holistic, not to sound like a marketing weasel, it's this holistic environment in which everything is tied to that story and and every way that you touch your audience in a variety of channels and platforms depends upon the strength of that central messaging, the strength of that central story, the strength of that central brand. It's the umbrella. And everything yeah. comes underneath the umbrella. And it not only represents you and your ball club, but it also represents your, spar- your, your, your sponsors and your advertisers. So you, you, have to so. Take, you have to take good care, uh, be a good caretaker of your brand. Very much so. Very much so. Well, like I said, Ron, there's, there's so much more that we could discuss. Um, and for anybody who's listening to the podcast right now, they actually have an opportunity to pick up this conversation with you yourself in Vegas in February. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about, about the forum in Vegas and how people can get involved? Oh, I would be happy to give a shameless plug for our event. Uh, we're, uh, <laughs> as you're listening to this, if you're listening to this in mid-December, we're two months away. So February 10th through 12th, that's a Sunday through Tuesday. Uh, this coming year will be our 24th forum and we'll be in Las Vegas. We're going to be at the MGM Grand uh, using the MGM Convention Center. Uh, and really loving to go behind the scenes. That's part of the, the fun is, is actually putting people on buses and taking them to go behind the scenes at a couple of things because pictures don't often, brochures don't often tell the story. But for us, we're going to be able to take everybody uh, over to T-Mobile Arena, go behind the scenes at, at, with our host, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, uh, and then we'll wrap up the conference on Tuesday uh, by taking everyone over to Las Vegas Motor Speedway Uh, putting the ones who are daring in cars. They said they'll take you about 200 miles an hour around the track, Uh, but get a chance to see a NASCAR track in action and and certainly one of the biggest and best uh, in Las Vegas uh, Motor Speedway. So, you know, we're really looking forward to folks coming out there. If you want more information, if I may, let me just leave you with our uh, website, uh, www.sports-forum.com. Excellent. And as someone who is a, a longtime attendee of a variety of, uh, of sports conferences, and as someone who's been to the sports forum, it is an excellent and unique event. So it's absolutely well worth anyone's time. Well, thank you, John. Appreciate it. So, Ron, thank you I, for so much for, for, for your time today, spending, uh, spending your time here to uh, talk about this, these, uh, these 
sponsorship topics. Um, like I said, so much more that we could unpack, but uh, perhaps we will have to save that for our second podcast interview, hopefully, uh, perhaps in, uh, in 2019. Um, so thanks again for being here. Very much appreciate it. And best of luck as you get ready for the forum in Vegas. And I will look forward to seeing you soon. Well, thank you, John. Appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. We hope we'll see you in Vegas. My thanks again to Ron for his time and his willingness to share his sponsorship insights. I hope you found it helpful and that you'll be able to use it in your efforts to win more fans. You can get in touch with Ron through social media. His contact information is posted in the show notes for this episode found at the podcast page of my website, HartwellStudioWorks.com. If you are listening in iTunes, please subscribe, leave a five-star review, and hey, why don't you write a review? Help other sports professionals find this podcast. If you'd like to talk some sports branding, you can reach out to me by email at john at hartwellstudioworks.com, and you can also follow me on social media on Twitter and Instagram using the handle Hartwell Studio. You can check out my entire portfolio of sports branding work at hartwellstudioworks.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Next time.